Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Hard work compounds like interest. And the earlier you do it, the more time you have for the benefits to pay off. That's a quote by Sam Altman. Altman, not Altman. <laughs> and I want to welcome you again to the Profitable Photographer. Super excited to have a re-conversation or a new conversation with someone that's been on the show before. Before I do that, just a reminder, you can go to lucydumascoaching.com and get in touch with me. There's a free gift there. Um, there's actually two. So get in touch, get yourself uh, knowing what else is going on in the land of Lucy Dumas coaching and the profitable photographer. And that's that's my shameless plug for the day. <laughs> so let me tell you a little about Bernie Griffiths. Bernie is a studio owner, a photographer, a speaker, a business coach, and the author of two books, Success Secrets of a Professional Photographer and Quantum Leap My Life. He's owned three successful wedding and portrait studios over the last 40 years with a yearly turnover of almost a million dollars. And he's also the founder of Advanced Success for Wedding and Portrait Photographers. So welcome, Bernie. Thanks for being back on the show. Yeah, thanks, Lucy. Great to be here again. Yeah. And um, hearing your voice again. Yeah. So Bernie and I recorded for his show last week. And so it's like we get to hang out. We should do this every week, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. I like, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I like to have my listeners know just a little bit about what makes you so smart and have so much great information for us. So just a little about your upbringing in photography, business management, or anything else you want to share. Yeah, well, I think uh, with both of us, Lucy, there's something money can't buy, and that's experience. So I like you if I like experience in industry, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you just can't, you can't buy that, and that's an invaluable uh, resource. And for me, I started very young, very early, and I've done nothing else but photography. Mm. So from the age of 15, when I first became, left school as soon as I could, became a press photographer, working for the local newspaper, and then progressing there from working in dark rooms, processing negative film, of course, and, and printing with the enlarger, mm -hmm. and then from there, progressing very quickly to getting a job as a photographer on a cruise liner, traveling the world, photographing the passengers and processing and printing them and putting them on a board and, and selling them. So that was my early days. Mm. From 15? From 15. That's incredible. Yeah. So do you miss darkroom work? Do you still do any darkroom work? Um. I don't. Uh, do I miss it? No. Uh, <laughs> I was apparently good at it because uh, I'd apply for a job and, and what the uh, they would do is give you a negative to print 
and give you multiple grades of paper that you could print it on. So you had to select what paper you would print it on, and then you had to do a print. And then the darkroom manager would compare all the prints of all the applicants for the job and obviously pick the one that had printed the best from the negative. And I, uh, I was pretty good at it, so I did have a talent there in the darkroom. So uh-huh. I spent uh, a lot of my days up to my elbows in developer and fixer mm-hmm. and and uh, on all of that. So yeah. uh, and and that orange light in the darkroom, uh, mm-hmm. that was what used to happen when you used to see the print come from a white piece of paper and this image would appear and this that was magic, right? Yes, yes. Do you remember your first? image or your not so the what the picture was but your first darkroom time when you had that experience uh yeah very early on when i had a box brownie camera and uh the first sort of roll of film uh was you know quite good there were two and a quarter by uh three and a quarter size negatives so the negative size was very big mm-hmm. so the enlargers were fairly big so vaguely recall that first uh, first roll of film but you never lose the excitement of seeing the magic happen in the dark room right yes yeah i was watching a movie oh it was a uh, breaking bad it has a scene where they are in the dark room not going to give any storyline away on that not breaking bad better call saul and mm-hmm. this week they were a photographer took some pictures and was in the dark room and I I just kind of got that I could almost smell it you know that yeah. kind of tangy sort of yep. vinegary sort of bleachy but just its own smell and seeing the picture come up you know in the tray and I was like yeah I re- I remember that that was fun <laughs> <laughs> that's right I remember going in because I set up a little dark room in the spare bedroom in my condo when I before I was doing anything other than maybe selling a few little things and going in in the morning and coming out and it's dark and <laughs> feeling like the, the troll under the bridge, like where, where is everybody? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my early days were similar. I mean, when I worked for the newspaper, I used my own camera, of course. And, uh, I didn't, I was not old enough to own a car. So to catch the bus uh, to go to local events and photograph, and I'd get home at night, go into my parents' bedroom and in soup dishes. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd do the, you know, have the enlarger in there and I'd have the developing tank. I'd do the developing, hang it up on a, on a line, the film, till it dried, and then I'd print it using soup dishes with the developer and the wash and the fixer and then the other wash <laughs> I'd put in the sink, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you. You got to start somewhere, and I loaded the uh, film into the tank under the bed clothes. So uh, there was always a risk yeah. if it was during the day, light sneaking in, and then they came up with these darkroom bags where you put your hands in and you could load it in. Yeah. A little more comfort and safety, but I, I'd be kneeling at my parents' bed and, and loading the film up uh-huh. that way. But, <laughs> What a wonderful way to start, you know, I a know. career of photography. And those that are listening that haven't experienced that, I mean, you got to feel a little bit sorry for those photographers. 
haven't you, Lucy? Because yeah, that's just an incredible. That's all about the art. They talk about the art nowadays. That was the art of mm-hmm. doing it. That was starting with nothing, a grassroots level, getting down and dirty and uh, and learning about it. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about happy things. But it is all happy because learning is happy. Um, So one of the topics that um, I'd love to talk about is why some photographers are so successful and others either fail or they're they just like limp along. I know that's something you love to explore. So can you give yeah. us some thoughts on that? Yeah, and that's a, a good question and a question I get asked uh, quite often is, you know, with a photography coach, is there a difference, you know, that you can point out that those that succeed and those that don't succeed? And, yes, there's a lot don't succeed. I, I've seen Oh, heaps of photographs just not make it in the industry and go back to their old nine till five mm-hmm. job. But the secret for me, the secret is give it a go. You never know. Because unless you go on the journey, and I always look upon it as a journey, um, you will never know. Uh, so many photographers don't even go on the journey. Mm. So they will know. They won't make it. Some go on the journey not totally committed. Okay. So you really have to be committed. Okay. So do it. Take the journey is one thing. Be committed. So what does being committed entail? Well, you know, my my thing is business. I love business. That's what I love. The photography, I just happen to be in, in photography. Mm-hmm. The business side fascinates me. And a business, to me, you commit. And when I bought my business all those 40, 50 years ago, I committed to it. It was a business. And I said to my business, I now commit me to you. And it'll be like a marriage. Mm. And I'll stick with you in good times and in bad, in sickness mm-hmm. and in health, until death mm-hmm. do us part. That was my commitment to my business. And that's why I've survived 50-odd years right. and still going. I'm still committed <laughs> to that business. And probably death will be the only thing that separates us. So can somebody create a personality where they're committed and they're willing to take the risks and the journey or do you like with your coaching clients do you see some people just don't have that fire and some do or can you manufacture if you're not really that kind of person can you turn yourself into that person like let's talk about that the the more experience I've grown the more I've learned is there's so many myths around so many things There's a myth. You will read, you know, some photographers or some, uh, you know, uh, educators, whatever, may say, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That doesn't apply for photographers. You may love your photography, but if you want a successful business, the photography is all part. It doesn't matter whether you love it or not. You've got to love a lot of other things. You've got to love the Mm -hmm. business side. 
You've got to love marketing. You've got to love numbers. You've got to love, you know, not sleeping at night, worrying. You've got to love the challenges. You, when you commit yourself to a business, are in charge of that business. You create the challenges. Nobody else does. You haven't got a boss except you. And if you don't drive you, who else is going to? So you do have to have this mentality, this passion uh, to succeed in your business. And success can be so many different things to different people. And unless you go on the journey committed, passionate about business, there's a, you know, a, a stronger percent chance that you won't succeed anybody that I'm speaking to that are looking for coaching, I say, look, this is not going to be easy. Uh This is not going to be an easy journey. We don't know where it'll go. And yeah, it's going to cost you money. And yeah, you're going to have some tough times. And yeah, you do need some support. You need family support. You need people who believe in you. Even one person will do. Because most success stories come from when people don't think that you're going to succeed or they think it's a bad idea. And that was always my biggest motivation when someone said, Bernie, I don't think you should do that. Bernie, I don't think that'll work. That was my biggest Mm. motivation. Tell me I can't do it and I'm going to do it. So can somebody become that kind of person or if they're not, are they just doomed to fail? Like how does somebody develop those traits if it's not natural for them? Well, it's as simple as this, Lucy. They need a coach, right? Yes. Preach. (laughs) They need someone like you or me to get them over some of these lines that they have to cross, the mindset they have to get to. We're the ones that push them. We're the ones that encourage them. We're the ones that congratulate their successes. So if you don't have it, go Mm -hmm. buy it. Yes, good help. I mean, I know for me, so when I started, everybody said, oh, it's too competitive. And I think people also mentioned, like, it's really not a career for a woman. Um, If people are sick Mm -hmm. of me mentioning that, well, okay. Um, (laughs) But that was the world I I started my business in. And then eventually I joined my local PPA, Fresh Photographers of America chapter, and started going to conventions and week-long schools and hanging out with other photographers and learning, 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 and getting inspired and motivated and getting the skills is there weren't coaches. Um, Really, there were some people that mentored some people, but I'm always a little bit to do it myself. So, you know, I was always hesitant to invest the money with an individual. If I could do it all again, I would, I would just find somebody that was willing, but anywho, but all of those things added to my knowledge, to my skills, to my motivation. And many times, I don't know about you, but when I'd be feeling kind of flat and then I'd I'd go to a convention and I'd come home on fire. So um, you agree that having, having a mentor coach is great and also taking advantage of the, especially to me in person, support and education that's available. 
I think that one of the main things that my clients tell me and probably tell you is about the benefit of a coach is the accountability. Mm-hmm. So you do need someone that you know you're accountable to. And I worked out well over $150,000 on coaches, and I've got a business coach at present, and I'm doing all of these things that I knew I should do, and she's teaching me other things I should have been doing, you know, like a new video on my website. I've just done that. But without her, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have done it. But because I'm accountable, I've paid lots of money, and I wanted to get my money's worth, I've done it. And, and uh that's that's the drive. So you'd be very fortunate if you were the sort of photographer that had all of these things in one and you could be accountable for yourself, you could drive yourself and motivate yourself and support yourself. But there comes a time where you do need a bit of, you know, this coaching stuff that mm-hmm. we're doing. And for all those reasons I've said, so that gives you a better percentage chance of being successful. Yes, yes. I And with that, I don't know if you call it mindset, but one of my recent coaching sessions, I was asking her some questions uh, that were like kind of setting goals or structuring things. And she was saying words like, well, I hope and I'd like to. Yeah. And so what I know I'm going to be working on her more with is and I do this with everybody, so I'm not it this this is more more common than not that people are not saying I intend to and my plan is and because hope doesn't get as much unless we've got a framework, you know, we can we can have dreams, but we need to have action steps and that that positive mindset is more magnetic to success so yeah 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 i I think it's crucial lucy it's crucial mindset is everything totally everything i came across a book recently um on getting the best out of your Mm. coach and i read this book and it was fantastic so recommended it my clients because sometimes our clients don't are not getting the best from mm. the coaches that they're using so this was uh amazing that this someone had written a book and this is a, a coach that had written this book and you're going to ask me what the book's called and it is how to get the most out of coaching mm. Uh, by Alex Mill and Karen Davis. Now, it's available on Amazon. I downloaded it on Kindle. Great. And ah. there's some really, uh, a lot of advice there from these coaches. For example, you know, if you hire a coach, show up on time. Right. You know, if you hire a coach, make the commitment. Block it out if it's every week that you connect with them. Maybe half an hour before, maybe get your head together, get in a coaching zone. Don't just put it that it becomes in the just part of your day. Be Mm -hmm. in a place. Don't be outside. Don't be in a cafe. Don't be in McDonald's. Make a commitment to the coaching. Right. 
Right. You, and, and this is what it talks about in the book. And this, uh, and that's it. And, and anyone out there that wants a coach, A, first of all, research coaches, look at coaches, look at their experience, as Lucy said, look at if they've done it, look at what others have said about their coaching. Um, make sure they're sort of legitimate coaches, that they coach, that they don't just mentor or teach mm-hmm. fluff. Make sure they've got processes and then make the commitment, you know, regardless of the price. Price doesn't matter to get your value. A coach can, you know, make you hundreds of thousands of dollars, right. a very small investment. Right. So you just have to do your research, interview the coach, mm-hmm. talk to the coach, do a one on one Zoom session with them and throw the hard questions at them. And and make sure you, you, you know, you get the right coach. Do your due right. diligence. Don't just get sucked in by a lot of fluffy stuff that you see right. on the internet or or whatever. That that's my advice. Right. So um, I love all of that. Thank you for all those hot tips. I've kind of bullet pointed them. So uh, remember to stay tuned, darling listener for my wrap up and look at the show notes and you'll get some reminders of this. Um, I would love to take a minute to revisit Facebook ad giveaways 2.0. So a year or two ago when we had you on, we, there's no we here, there's me. (laughs) We, (laughs) me and my team, uh, all my different sides of myself, um, it kind of really picked your brain on the Bernie style Facebook ads. So I'd love a breakdown on, you know, what your suggestions are now. Are there different things? Is it similar? Yeah, sure. Uh, the basis of the Bernie style Facebook ad hasn't changed. It was proven when I had the idea and I, I was so excited. I was sweating and actually trembling because I'd just suddenly seen a market opportunity uh-huh. that I just thought, this is amazing. And so when I launched that four years ago, that very simple ad, which basically said wanted, and then you led the consumer into a space where they went through the process to filling out a form, and it was went like this. You've got your title which grabs attention. You've got a photograph in the ad which grabs attention. First thing you have to do, grab people's attention from mm-hmm. scrolling. Yep. This is appearing on their timeline. Okay. All you do on your timeline, it's flick, okay. right? Flick and scroll. First thing, you have to stop them. So you do that with a photo and a headline. After the headline, which says wanted, let's say mothers and their children, we are looking for mothers and their children. What are you looking for them? We're looking for mother children to photograph. Why? For our new studio displays. Oh, the consumer says, oh, okay, I get it. Um, what's it going to cost? What? Tell me more. Complimentary photography session. Oh, it's not going to cost me anything. And mm-hmm. $100 credit or a $100 uh, gift card or a $100 gift voucher. Oh, so I get that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, learn more. Okay. Click here. Okay. Click landing page. 
on the landing page. You can ask whatever questions you want. From there, you've got a lead, which is what you try and do in marketing. You try and get a lead. You're not making an instant sale. You need a lead. You need people showing some interest. These people have some interest because they filled out the form. So the process from there is crucial, obviously, and the most important because it's then having the knowledge, which we have now all these years later, of how to treat that lead, what gives you the best conversion rate to sessions. Mm -hmm. Sessions and then great orders. So not just doing a session. Yes. And then knowing how to get them to purchase additional. As well. Yes, correct. Getting the right customers. Yeah. And that's a whole series of, of things that you have to learn, right? You're great at selling. Yeah. You're fantastic at selling. Yeah. Yeah. That's my superpower. That's what I, I teach. Is Yeah. Yeah. Once you get a, a big, potentially big fish on the hook, how do you, you know, turn them into a delicious dinner? <laughs> oh, sorry for the vegetarians out there. <laughs> the, the, the point is that getting this lead is crucial. But as we've said, you've got to then find out, is this lead for you? You're not trying to drag people in. You have to decide. You're making the decision. You're doing the interview, right? You're asking this client whether they are for you in, in the way you do the processes. Ah. So, and eventually, whatever processes mm -hmm. you use, and we use multiple automated processes, eventually someone has to speak to that person, right? So this is where it gets hard for most people because that's another skill. If they're a photographer, they have to learn. They have to learn right. how to phone up people, uh, with these leads, uh, they need a script, they need what to say, what they're trying to achieve, getting the right people, etc. right? Now, if you get this working, then it becomes scalable. Mm -hmm. But anything scalable, you have to get rid of a lot of tasks. And one of the tasks, the first ones, is to get rid of the phone calls. The, the photographer can't be doing the phone calls. So then we've got uh, three or four people we have uh, in the States where they do the phone calls. So we've got people doing the phone calls. The photographer doesn't have to. The phone call person phones up all these people and then finds out, okay. gets the right clients, and then uh, books books them into the uh, photographer's uh, calendar. So once you have everything rolling along and then scalable, scalable means how to be a million-dollar studio is what I hear you saying is, that initial contact, one of the first things yeah. is to have someone else doing those tasks that better to pay somebody potentially to get that phone call because a million dollar studio, if you can't be doing everything yourself, right? No, things do change and you need new, you need new process and new how to's. So when you've got the process down, and that's the way you should build your business, so it's scalable. That's why we've been able to, in this year alone, take five photographers to having a second studio in a different town. So they just replicate what they did in the first place in another town. 
It means they can do it in many towns if they want. They can build a business as big as they want, have as many studios as they want. But the important thing is to build a business so you can replicate it and replicate everything, including the photographer. So in, in what you said, you know, uh, Jen Lindbergh in Texas, she's got a million-dollar turnover. Jen decides whether she wants to shoot at all. Uh, she's got two studios, two photographers, turns over a million dollars. Her choices now are varied. She, she can either not, not take photos, uh, take photos, uh, open another studio, uh, open two other studios, or not mm-hmm. work at all. She could right. get a studio manager to oversee the two studios. So, right. And that's the point, isn't it? We all, in small business, we go into small business for freedom. And the freedom to mm. give us the time to do what we want to do, whether it's spend time yeah. with our kids, travel around the world. But most photographers I see or a lot are so working in the business, doing everything, the photography, the retouching, any phone calls, any marketing, they're trying to do Instagram, they're doing a lot of things that aren't going to have any effect on the growth of their business, and they're busy. And they're not even turning over a hundred thousand dollars. Right, right. Why? There's not enough return. You've got right. to have a bigger return for that if you're working your butt off. Mm-hmm. So that's what is the exciting part about business is working out. You know, and if you're doing it on your own, you can do it on your own. I did it on my own. Work it out, but it takes a, a long time. And that's where a coach can help, obviously, and just accelerate growth, really. Right. Yep. And also help people be clear on what they want their business to look like. Um, you know, I'm I'm more where I want to be more hands-on. I didn't want to have a studio. I wanted to be the owner artist. And it is harder to have as much freedom but working smarter where I have fewer clients and they invest really well, it gave me more time freedom. Knowing what I know now, if I had another 40 years ahead of me, then yeah, I think I'd build a a business uh, more on the scale that you're talking about. Well, thank you for all of this goodness. And if people want more on the Facebook ad conversation, you can find Bernie, you know, you can scroll back and find our conversation mm-hmm. that was maybe a year, year and a half ago, something like that. Now, just one last question on the Facebook ad. Are you still suggesting that at least at the start that you do boosted posts rather than figuring out all the complicated Facebook ad stuff. Yeah, it's so easy. Yeah. Look, Boosted's post still working. I've got many examples. One of my best examples at present is Adam Thibbert in, in Calgary, in Canada. Um, we started coaching three months ago. He had a full-time job. A month later, he gave away that job. He said his motivation was he hated his job. And uh, this month, he'll have a $20,000 turnover in his third month of business. And I spoke to him yesterday and he said, I don't work that hard. And I said, well, Adam, I'm your coach. You're going to start to have to work harder, right? Mm-hmm. But 
is in that place and uh, has a couple of young kids. So uh-huh. the thing is, <laughs> w- when people start off, uh, you know, with coaching and that, they have this thought like you did in your business and I did in mine. You know, you don't want to get too busy. You think too busy. I don't want to be too busy. It, well, then when you turn over a million dollars, you think, well, I'm not busy. Making money doesn't mean to say necessarily you're going to be busier. It means you're going to be less busy. Right. One of my coaches uh, who has a multi-million dollar business coaching coaches said the first million is the hardest. <laughs> After that, it's well, just plug and play. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. And yeah. So I have two quick questions for you before we wrap up and oh, so much good stuff, Bernie. Thank you for saying yes to being on my show again. Such a delight. Uh, pleasure. Um, so how can people get in touch with you? I think the best way is a Facebook group I have called Portrait Photographers Academy. So they just search in Facebook Portrait uh-huh. Photographers Academy and uh, ask to join. Okay. And, no. uh, I'll let you in. Um, and the other thing, of course, is my uh, website, which is just berniegriffiths.com. Uh, a lot of information in there, Griffiths, T-H-S, or the easy ways just to Google my name. Yeah, because you're everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere. I've been around a while, right? A little so, while, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> make sure you Google the whole name because Bernie Sanders comes up in front of me. <laughs> and I accidentally <laughs> was looking for your episode uh, and put Bernie Sanders in there and like, why is nothing showing up? Oh, (laughs) that's right. You got to be careful. He's uh, apparently more famous than I am. Yeah. If you put Lucy, I don't know if you'd still get Lucille Ball or Lucy in the sky before me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Lucy in the sky. But other than that, it's me and her and it's, you and Mr. Sanders, those are That's two it. best Bernie's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last question is either is there something you haven't shared or something you'd like people to take away from this conversation? Yeah, what if you're a photographer and, uh, you know, you've got these dreams or ideals or wants and and uh, obviously you you have, you're, you're listening to, the Profitable Photographer podcast. So you must have an interest in taking your photography into a business and beyond. And I think the best thing for you to do is seek out someone like myself or Lucy who have had experience. We are quite happy to talk to you and spend some time answering all your questions on Zoom. Make a list of questions contact us and uh, and just let's have a chat and let at least us give you some very experienced, good, solid advice on how to go forward. We're not going to try and sell you up on our coaching. Trying to do is to give the right direction and even that could um, save you years in trying to learn it yourself. Right, right. Yeah, I'm always available for those conversations with no pressure because of how many people helped me along the way. Um, That's right. You know, we stand on those. I don't know who was the 
end all be all in photography in England or in Australia when I was growing up, but I stand on the shoulders of some giants that I'm just passing on, uh, you know, what they did, they gave. So I want to give, which is one reason I love doing this podcast is that I'm creating um, almost a legacy for people that who knows how long any of us are going to be here. And um, there's, oh, there's people that I so wish I could chat with for an hour, like Ken Whitmire and I don't know, so many people. So anywho, yeah, I think, I think we've made our point. Get help from people who know stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. They know a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So Bernie, I'm so happy that you said yes to being on the show again. And um, I know if you just go to berniegriffiths.com, you can see all kinds of good stuff there and his big smile. <laughs> and uh, stay tuned, everyone, for my my summary. And I just want to give Bernie a big virtual hug. I'm sure it comes from everybody listening. So thank you, Bernie. Thanks, Lucy. Uh, great to have a chat. And uh, I, uh, I'm i really excited for all the photographers out there because uh, we need new leaders in this industry. So make one of the leaders you. <laughs> exactly. Because one day you're going to be waking up going, oh, my gosh, I'm now the veteran around here. How did that happen? Right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm still one of the new kids in my mind. Alrighty, we'll talk to you later. Well, I love that conversation again. Bernie is such a nice man, and I love the tips that he gave. We were talking about how some people become successful and others do not. And he said two things. One is to give it a go. You never know. So go for it and be all in and be committed. Create challenges, drive yourself have a positive mentality, know that it's not going to be easy. We did talk a lot about getting support from people who have been farther down the road and have the ability to inspire and educate you. Work on your mindset, get in education in all kinds of ways. And I liked that he referenced a book on how to get the most out of coaching. I'm going to check that out and share that with, with my clients and, you know, look at it for myself because coaches have coaches. So I'm going to like all those tips. And then we did a little touch on, again on the Facebook ads and how you do those. And basically he said, you do a catchy title and then you do like a wanted, and then you say what, who you're looking for, and then what's in it for them and why you're doing it, and then how to learn more and apply. So um, thanks again, everyone, for listening to Profitable Photographer, sharing with your friends. And if you've been listening, you know that I'm opening up a group in July that is my sales program step-by-step. You can reach out to me if you want to learn more about that. There'll be more official emails and things like that coming soon. Okay. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.